Hello and welcome to the Emerald Games Cast. My name is Nolan. With me is I'm Janelle and I'm Alex, and we're broadcasting to you live from Planet Zoo here in the Animal Pen. I'm sitting atop an elephant. Alex below me is petting his cute little tiger friend. Very angry. They don't like to be pet. What's that you got over there with you? Small lions. Small Very lions. Very small lions. You know those old metal like bean toys from middle school? Oh, I love those metal the beans. The size of one of those. Planet uh, Zoo is out. Yes, yes. Uh, Alex, this... you've been playing Zoo Tycoon, the frontier version, by, but from the makers of Elite Dangerous. Yeah. American Truck Simulator in space. Yep, yep. have now given you the opportunity to raise a lion. Not a penguin, curiously. No penguins. There okay. were some weird cuts. But, uh, you know, as someone who grew up playing those games and seeing this, it's just, it's this but better. Like, it's this but they had gotten the chance to evolve and add on to it if someone has never heard of planet zoo is there any context they need to know beyond that or is this just is there any zoo tycoon is it like a spiritual successor or it's is absolutely a spiritual it, it successor. is okay yeah in the same way that their other game which wasn't very good jurassic world right. evolution was a spiritual successor to operation genesis which is another like cult classic man what a game. deep cut too yeah yeah you have, to, you have to play that on like a cd-rom probably i do yeah Dig i own the cd-rom out. for that I do have a question about Planet Zoo. Yes. Do you have one big zoo or is the entire planet a zoo? So <laughs> it's a post-apocalyptic scenario. <laughs> I can kind of answer that. <laughs> what? Um, the main game is called Franchise Mode. And what you do is you spend... Well, okay, let me back up. There's this really cool system in the game called Conservation Points, right? Um, and this is something that I know that a lot of people have had issues with Planet Zoo about. Um, especially like animal rights activists, interestingly enough, because the idea is, you know, you're exploiting them for money, right? Which people didn't really care for, and I can understand that. But yeah, this system works in in such a way where it's like, oh, if you release animals to the wild or you send them to other zoos, then you get special conservation points, which are not money. They're represented by little leaves. So it's like, oh, it's, it's trying to mimic how real accredited zoos work, which is really interesting. I like that a lot. But these conservation points you can use in your franchise modes to open different zoos around the world so like let's say in one zoo you breed like a tiger and you don't have space for it you put it essentially in a pokemon box and then if you go to your other zoo you launch a different game you can bring that tiger over and put it there you have a pokemon bank but for real ass animals yes powerful ones oh no okay. yeah yeah okay i'm visualizing a bunch of prefab buildings you're plopping down or is it more like a city skylines thing where you're kind of like drawing roads and so the big thing about this is it's built on the same engine that planet coaster was which was a roller coaster tycoon spiritual successor and in that game everything could be built from scratch you had a bunch of walls and like pieces which you could essentially build things from so you're not just like going and clicking exhibits elephant exhibit boom no no yeah you have to build it you can there is a steam workshop where you can download things other people have made and i think frontier have made things themselves but yeah you're building it you are, you are building the game from scratch, essentially, and putting things down there. That's really cool. I think one of the interesting things about this game, though, is it's, it's always online. Huh, okay. So the way it works is, remember how I mentioned the conservation points? You can send them to other zoos. Mm-hmm. The other zoos are other players' zoos. So mm-hmm. if you, you can essentially put them up for adoption, and you use those points to... Janelle's really digging this. It's Neopets. Is it's it? It's Neopets, basically. Yeah, that, yeah honestly... Yeah. Kind of, but okay. like with animations. Really good animations. The game looks gorgeous. Really? But oh, yeah, yeah. It's Alex beautiful. was, for context, I mean, Alex was like pouring over pictures of animals and like rosters and like lists of changes for months. And I don't know how granular this stuff gets, but I know that he would send um, messages to our group chat. What was the one? You said that there was a leak that confirmed the presence of the big three. And we were like, oh no, the big five. 
Oh yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. And I said, what? Tell the audience what the big five are. Okay, so the big five are in. It used to be used in game hunting, with, uh-huh. but now that's not a thing anymore, and it shouldn't be. Now it's mostly used in like tourism safaris. It's uh, the five the most quote unquote dangerous game in Africa. So that's the elephant, the leopard, the lion, the Cape buffalo, and the rhino. And I, and, and I said I could confirm three of those for you with no information on the game. It's a lion, a rhino, and an elephant in a zoo game. We didn't get uh, African rhinos. But you got a rhino. We got a rhino. Got a rhino. Yeah. Wait, so the rhino is specifically only a certain kind of rhino in in the big five? It's not like rhino in general? An Indian rhino doesn't live in Africa. Well, yeah, but... So that doesn't count. Unless it moves there. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Packs its bags. It's like, I heard there were some good opportunities for work here. But it's a good game. You enjoy it. I'm enjoying it a lot so far. Um, I heard it crashes. It crashes quite a bit. It's it's very buggy. Is which, the performance good when it's not crashing? Yeah, performance is fine when it's not okay. crashing. Um, but there's a lot of bugs in it, so that's that's rough. I want to hear about, like, quickly, tell me, you've got to have a favorite exhibit. you got to have a pet project you spent up all night making your favorite little animal so, exhibit. So, as of right now, I'm working on a uh, a giant, like, uh, reptile house, essentially. Oh, that's so you. I love so, that. So... <laughs> It'll be all indoors, and then there'll be a space for saltwater crocodiles, and there's multiple pens so that they can breed, because they don't, crocodiles don't really like each other very much, <laughs> so uh, when they're done doing the dirty, they'll try to eat each other, so you gotta separate them once in a while, make sure that, you okay, know, they're okay. safe and happy, sure. and of course, you don't want them to hurt each other, because you'll lose your zoo and accreditation, and that's bad, and right. you should not be making a, a for-profit evil zoo. Yeah, so I've got that. There's also these little exhibits where you can put like snakes and bugs that don't really move around. They're just, they're really small little buildings almost. Um, So that's also in the reptile house. So there's a mission right now online where you have to breed enough Bengal tigers and release them. And then it's like a community mission, right? And one of the rewards I got for doing that was a Galapagos tortoise. So I'm figuring out if I want, yeah, yeah, they just gave me a tortoise. So I'm figuring out if I want to put them in there or not. But yeah, it's great. This brings back a lot of a lot of great memories. It is a solid game. If you liked Zoo Tycoon as a kid, you will like this. Like, there's no question about it. Cool. Zoo Tycoon for the modern age. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I think we need to talk about something a little bit a little bit more powerful than that. Uh, so today I is... I want to know how many people have been sitting with their headphones just screaming, wondering why we were talking about Planet Zoo for so damn long when it's November 8th, the 2019. It is November 8th. And as we all know, there is an incredible world-changing genre-defining game that came out genre-defining yes i am of course everyone knows i'm talking about disney zoom zoom for the nintendo switch hell yeah who's your guys favorite zoom zoom i'm an eeyore main myself um what do you guys think i am a beast from beauty and the beast main Ooh, interesting interesting yeah piglet yes yeah piglet you guys are sort of team eeyore and piglet mains Hell yeah. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Piglet is kind of small and pink and wrinkly. Kind of reminds me. <laughs> like <him> no. <laughs> no. No, more like a Wait, more why, like a fetus. Why is he wrinkly? More like oh, a fetus if the fetus wasn't properly cared for in a little Oh, I guess there's also a different game that came uh, out. Yeah. You know what didn't come out today? What? The Sonic movie was going to come out today originally. Oh, that's and it right. Did, so. I forgot about that. So that didn't come out. That that's coming true. out on Valentine's Day, isn't it? it? Is. Can you believe that? What if it was reversed? What if Sonic movie came out today and Disney Zoom Zoom came out on Valentine's Day? That would make more sense. What if Death Stranding came out on Valentine's Day? Oh, I'd hate that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, that'd be a good Valentine's Day. Okay, so let's talk about what we're actually okay, here to talk about. Is Death Stranding. Yeah, we're talking about Death Stranding. But Alex, you got your copy. 
I finally got my copy, yes. Before coming here uh, to record. So I, I took a nap, and no. I woke up, and I was like, oh, I need to go to the podcast. And I checked my phone. As soon as I walked out the door, I got the notification that you've got a package in the office. So I have not gotten to play it yet, as opposed to Nolan, who's gotten to play it since around nine last night. But after three and a half years, it exists. It's real. Do you, I'm still... Do you, do you feel the way I did when, when it... When it existed when it was on my ps4 home screen even before it unlocked i thought this is i don't fully believe that it's actually going to let me play it when i push the button i had a hard time believing it really came out so soon yeah it's it's so weird like i i, I thought it would be like mid 2020 you know i i didn't i didn't know if it would come out at all to be yes. honest i genuinely didn't feel like this would be a game that would be played by me ever i didn't think it would come out and it's out which is weird yeah, yeah. And so you're right. I've had it since about 9 p.m. last night because I got that like digital. I did digital download. So it. Um, after about 30 minutes the night before of going, do I do I cancel my physical copy? Do I get the digital one so I could play it a few hours earlier? Oh, he was he was messaging me about that too. He was yeah. Very <laughs> well, like my my physical one had a hang up in shipping, so it wasn't going to come until the next round of shipments, which it turned out was actually um, only today at like 4 p.m. Here's the thing. I had credit on PSN, so I went and got the digital download and then Amazon, like I went to cancel my order and it said, okay. And then two hours later, Amazon told me that it failed to cancel my order and I had a second copy in the mail. Oh no. So now I have Death Stranding on my counter in a package and Death Stranding on my PS4 downloaded. I mean, you can always just send it back. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I certainly will. All that regardless, I mean, Janelle is right. I was I was like in my room just like, what do I do? I want to play it tonight. I can't wait until Saturday. And this is, uh, talking to you, it was like, it was like a Christmas for you. You were the most excited I've ever seen you for any game or anything that I, I think of. Okay. I have had few times in my life where I've looked forward to a game release this much, and they have been Red Dead Redemption 2 last year, Death Stranding, and the only other time that I can think of was Metal Gear Solid 5 in 2015. So Kojima is two for three with me. Yeah, yeah. And I will say I have mixed thoughts on it so far. However, that does not mean I am disappointed. It is freaking riveting. I'm completely engaged and pulled in, and I feel like I can't tell you anything about it without you having played it yourself. I know this sounds like hyperbole. It almost defies explanation to where if you tried to describe the story, it would sound like you're one of those children, like incoherently talking about a dream, but you're too young and stupid to know how to communicate Oh, so most yet. of the Kojima games. Yeah, <laughs> but more so. Ooh, it's, okay. It's not, right. the other Kojima games were like, you have this semi-coherent story and about he, special forces. And he had forces. to fight his clone, yeah. but his clone was stronger than him. But then his clone wasn't <laughs> as strong. And the giant robot with the with the <laughs> it shot the nukes in a special way, so so the president couldn't stop him. But Ocelot was there, but it wasn't actually Ocelot. It was Liquid, but Liquid was in his arm that Ocelot put on and hypnotized himself to think that he was. And his liquid. mom lived in the jungle, and the president's like, "You gotta kill your mom." And he's, and he's like, like, "No." no. <laughs> But no, it, I don't know how to explain it, but I won't because I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. You just got to try it and see for yourself. I will say if you think Kojima's dialogue is stilted and over-reliant on exposition and kind of bad and poorly delivered, this game's not going to change your mind. But if you have played the MGS games and you are tolerant of his style of writing, and I say tolerant, but I want to emphasize that with Kojima games, there's a weird level of affection I think people come into. You begin at tolerant. The more accustomed you become to Kojima's writing, tolerance becomes infatuation. And my understanding that the MGS games have objectively bad dialogue has morphed into like this weird affection for how unique it ends up being because of the weird writing. And this game, if you're a Kojima fan, in spite of his weirdness, 
which many people are, this game will not disappoint you in any way. Well, hold on. But if Kojima turns you off, this game will also turn you off, is what I'm saying. Can I just go back for a minute here? I like Kojima too. I I have not finished the entire Metal Gear discography, but I've played a chunk of it. Sure. You're describing Stockholm Syndrome. No, 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 because... Janelle is nodding. I know. (laughs) She's not been the biggest fan of this game's cutscenes so far. Okay. (laughs) The writing is pretty cheesy which is fun my one actual real complaint is that none of the emotional parts so far have done anything for me i feel like the game wants me to feel things at times and it is not happening at all and you even agreed with me on that yesterday well i I did and and i still do but i also would say that i don't i think that the mgs games have a lot of fascinating, intriguing writing, but compared to other stories, relatively few emotional high notes. I mean, they're usually pretty exposition heavy. There's lots of plotting before you get to a moment that is supposed to be a twist. And often Kojima's twists are delivered very sophomorically and not in a way that like makes sense until you like pause the game and think about what you just saw. And even then, not really. But let me put it this way. When you're saying it sounds like Stockholm Syndrome, I get what you're saying, but I look at it a different way. Kojima's writing... That is something that someone under Stockholm Syndrome would say. Fair enough. No, it's not Stockholm Syndrome. But hear me out. Kojima's writing is and has always been very bizarre and very easy to make fun of and laugh at. I don't deny that. I'm saying that his games also consistently, more than any games ever, are overflowing, bursting at the seams with the personality of one single person. They're like labors of himself. It's like stepping into his dreams or reading his diary or something it's like nothing that no committee would ever sign off on making with any good intentions. So what I'm saying is you get an affection for the uniqueness because despite them being occasionally awkward and weird, they're always engaging. And something about how audacious they are just to be what they are unashamedly without trying to be impressive in the more conventional ways ends up being so unique that regardless of its missteps, you've got to keep coming back for more because no one else does it like this guy, you know? That's what I'm saying. And that's where the affection comes from. I love the MGS games because you can think about them for days and never quite put all the puzzle pieces in place. And Death Stranding is so much more of that. So what I'm saying is if you hate that about Kojima, if you think his writing is awkward, point blank, and just don't understand how that can become charming if you let it be that, then Death Stranding is is not going to change your mind. But if you're okay with Kojima, then this is really damn Kojima. This is the most Kojima Kojima's been since MGS4. Janelle. Hey. Hi, how's it going? I know you have many issues with Kojima. A lot of them are completely valid. Have any of them been resolved in this game? Do you have any thoughts on this? I know we've had conversations off the air about Kojima being horrible about writing women in games. What about just in general? Like, how is this game? I mean, in this game, he's pretty terrible at writing any of the characters. Oh, okay. (laughs) I mean, like... Equal opportunity awfulness. Exactly. I mean, they're not like, so far, I don't have any of my, like, problems that I had. There's no quiet. quiet. Yeah, yeah. Not so far. And I don't expect there to be, honestly. It looks like that's not going to be a thing. Though we've seen Norman Reedus's ass, like... A lot. 18 times, probably. More like three. None of the female characters have shown excessive skin at all or any, but Norman Reedus has been naked, like, four times. Yeah that part he's he's doing fine so far it just i don't i can't talk about this game because i don't know how to talk about how i feel about it and i need a few days to like watch it some more because i'm not fucking playing this you're not game. touching it i'm not touching it no but i'll get back to you on that in a week or so all right sounds it, good <laughs> it, if you know me i think this is the kind of game you could look at and be like that's that is such a nolan game like this game is so my brand here's my question though because you mentioned you were disappointed about some things you're really excited for this game yeah 
more so than I've ever seen. Do you think that is affecting your judgment at all? Well, so here's the thing. I don't think so because I'll openly admit that, that a lot of the cutscenes have let me down. Like I'm, I think that the writing overall is still fascinating and I'm still, I'm still in that stage where I am like ravenously eating up every single piece of lore and dialogue that this man will throw down on the floor for me to scram on like a dog. Like, a dog. <laughs> like I'll eat all of it. I love it. But I'm willing to admit also it's it's not like have you have you watched the trailer? He released a lot of the cutscenes early that were in the first act of the game. Have you watched any of those? I've actually tried to avoid most of the trailers. I've watched most of them, and I was actually gonna ask you, do you think they're fascinating cutscenes because you've spent the last three years watching those trailers wondering what they mean, or because they're actually fascinating cutscenes? I was actually going to say that that's exactly what I was gonna get at because I won't talk about what it is, but it, I, I can think of at least one or two in particular that as isolated trailers were really, really incredible. And in the game, the veil is pulled off the mystery so early. And, and because Kojima is so exposition heavy, he does this thing where he introduces these weird dreamlike ethereal concepts, but then proceeds to have a character monologue for two to three minutes about exactly every single detail of their existence. And for anyone who's into horror or like surrealist fiction, I mean, you could easily understand why that would not, that doesn't quite work. It makes everything seem a little bit more like just a piece of world building instead of like if you remember the handprints being pushed into the soil as Norman Reedus the the black ooze the black ooze yeah. and the rain that falls and corrodes people's skin and it makes them age quickly without any dialogue in the way that trailer was that was a plus 110 percent like straight up some David Lynchian Murakami video game masterpiece work but in the game before that and after that, you have different characters monologuing about exactly what you're about to see, and then you see it, and then tell you exactly what you just saw and what it is. And so I'm a little disappointed in some of that, and I think it doesn't feel quite as mysterious as it could because it's so Kojima. But the gameplay side, it's blown me away. The actual experience of playing the game moment to moment is like sublime. Like I'm just totally addicted. Like I, I like went to bed thinking about it, and I woke up immediately thinking about it. And it wasn't even about the story. It was about like just the act of playing the game. Interesting. Which is the opposite to me with the MGS games. I love the MGS games stories. I think their characters are really interesting. I think so far Death Stranding doesn't really have any particular characters that have stood out to me as like great characters, BB. except for, yeah, Vivi. Mads Mikkelsen's character is being teased. I have no idea who he is and I'm very intrigued. So I'm hoping that that can deliver. But in any case, usually with the MGS games, I want to see what Kojima does. And then I play the game, which is like fun, but it's, it's just kind of, what it is whereas with this game i just want to play the game the game is so damn fun and so interesting and unique i want to play the game all the time and to a degree the kojima weirdness kind of is like a pace breaker which is not at all what i that's completely the opposite of what i thought i would feel but that's kind of where i'm at right now interesting so i want to see what i feel when i'm played more than like i think i played like six hours maybe so i i'm not ready to make a judgment call that's just where i am currently after one and a half days of first impressions. Sure. I, yeah. I, it's funny. The way you described that sounds similar to how I felt about um, Metal Gear Solid Five, where really? it's just okay. it's such a fun game, yeah. but like it's it's one of the weakest in terms of story, to my understanding. I just think there's no denying that like as he's matured as a game designer, the way he designs gameplay mechanics is is incredible because he brings the same confidence that he brings to writing a story to his gameplay mechanics. That is to say, he doesn't let anyone tell him what is and isn't a good idea. Because <laughs> Death Stranding on paper is a fucking terrible idea. It's a fetch quest. It's a fetch quest. And that's all it is. You deliver packages. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. And on paper, that's terrible. But in practice, it's amazing. 
And I don't know how to quantify that without just recommending that you, I guess, give it a go, you know? Yeah. Real quick, I think we've touched on this in, in the podcast, but Janelle, you are a big fan of Silent Hill franchise. Sure am, was Famously, Kojima's quote-unquote last project was supposed to be Silent Hill's which was a Silent Hill game. You had an interesting theory. I don't know if this still holds Death up. Death Stranding is Silent Hills. Death Stranding is Silent Hills, and you heard it here. Probably not first, because people have been joking about that for two years. But you're not joking. I don't know. I do that. I do that like millennial bullshit, where I start joking about something so much that I start actually thinking it. Okay, Zoomer. So, yep. Well, well, here's a way to put it. I think we all know Death Stranding is not literally Silent maybe, Hills. But maybe but- it is. But how much of this game's DNA do you think is lifted from what Silent Hills may have looked like? Zero percent so far. I really? haven't seen enough of the game to say. You said parts of it were creepy. Oh, yeah. She was in the bathroom the first time that I dealt with, like, the creepy underworld ghosts. The, and then, the BTs? Yeah, yeah. And then went to bed the other time. So you missed it both times. But yeah. it's it's terrifying. It's really, really stressful. But anyways. But then. I haven't seen that part of it. So I'm seeing none of that in it. But I need to see more before okay, I can okay. say. Hopefully... We'll see some of it. And I know it's not actually Silent Hills. I just think that would have been the better game. And there wouldn't have been any Monster Energy drink. And there wouldn't have been a baby floating oh in my... Monster Energy drink. Oh, my God. The Monster Energy drinks. And I heard that they're, like, ridiculously prevalent. It's oh, fucking it's, hilarious. Like, it's it's, it's concerningly prevalent. The Monster Energy drinks are in your room all the time. They're always, there's like six of them on your table at any given time. There's package deliveries where people request performance enhancing energy drinks. And like, it doesn't specifically say, but it clearly is. You have a canteen that you use to restore your stamina. And the canteen absorbs rainwater and filters it to let you absorb stamina. But if you read the item description, it says that it filters it into monster energy drink. Does Norman Reedus (laughs) drink water? I don't think so. His veins are just going to collapse. I have not seen him drink a single drop of water. I've not seen him eat a single piece of food, but I have made him shit like four times. Why? So I don't know where that's coming from. Why? Because the game lets me do it. Four times, Why wouldn't? Well, I think I do it every time that I stop in a safe house because it feels like I'm role-playing, even though it's like the weirdest, most shallow version of role. I just came off of watching Janelle play all of Red Dead 2. And like the stark divide between Arthur Morgan waking up, pouring a cup of coffee, changing his shirt, sitting by the fire, having a chat versus Kojima like, watch me, I'm going to make a life sim where the only options are shower, bathroom standing, bathroom sitting. But you can customize your sunglasses. Put on sunglasses, drink monster energy drink, look in mirror. You ready? Whoa, listen to some weird like J-pop or maybe like his favorite like Eurowave band. So so they brought back the MGS5 uh Radio? You don't have a radio on your person. You have a music player in your private room that you can play while you're like customizing your gear. And then you know the whole thing about how you're like building structures throughout the game world for other players to find. Mm-hmm. You can upgrade your structures to give them speakers that play music. And then listen to the music will like it'll soothe BB and refill your stamina and stuff. So you can be walking around. You'll be like in the middle of like the Icelandic-esque American wastelands experiencing this like solitary journey as the wind whips at your back and then come over a hill and hear like churches coming down from the river or like Bon Iver or something. It's, It's a weird experience. I can't begin to tell you how weird it feels that two nights ago I finished the main storyline of Red Dead Redemption and have had a very emotional two days. And then like 24 hours later, Death Stranding (laughs) is out and it's just been really weird and hard to process. Like whiplash? Yeah, extremely. And it's very uncomfortable. It's a fine, it's, I don't want to say it's a fine game. I don't know. It's a game. (laughs) Well, it's not though, because you, the beginning is a movie and it's 
weird and I don't know. For for Kojima games, cutscenes and gameplay are like they're one like amoebas. Like you can't pull them apart. And if you did, it just wouldn't be like it wouldn't be a Kojima game. So I got a question though. How long did it take for you to actually start playing the game? Oh, it was like 90 minutes. It was absurd. By the time I went to bed, he had about three hours played. And I think he actually got to play one hour of that. I think, yeah, that sounds I'm not going to lie. That sounds miserable. It, it was a lot of cutscenes. And they're really like, jarring too, though, is the thing. They just like, I don't know. We'll talk more about it like once you've played some, but the cutscenes feel very jarring. But that to me is a perfect example of my point earlier, where if you like Kojima for his quirks, you'll love this. But if you hated the way that MGS4 broke up chunks of gameplay with 40 to 50 minutes of cutscene, a lot of people do. Personally, I like that because I think I find it unique and interesting. But if you hate that, and like rightly so, this game's not going to change your mind because it's this is the most Kojima he's been since, I mean, what? MGS4 came out in 2008. Really? That long ago? Over the course of post-MGS4, I mean, he's kind of mellowed out to the point where MGS5 was criticized for having a lack of story content because it was so gameplay focused. Well, Kojima doesn't have the men upstairs checking on him anymore. He's doing whatever the hell he wants. And this man wants to direct a movie. And that's all he's doing. So, man, highly recommended weird game. Don't know if it's good, but I sure I'm going to play it tonight. I will say that despite my weird issues with it, there have been some parts that have gotten me very, very excited. So I'm like, even I am like kind of excited about certain parts of that game. The way way that he directed cutscenes back in MGS5, where it's almost all one take with a camera that swivels around. That was super cool. That is in this game too. Oh, yes. And it makes those long cutscenes infinitely more bearable because his camera work and his visuals are so damn good. Okay, that's that's actually really yeah. promising. I don't think the length of the cutscenes is the problem. Sorry, just thinking no, back go on for that. It. You know, it's a lot, but it's fine. It's how like they're so fast. Like one cutscene will happen and there's maybe two minutes of gameplay and then another and another, and they're all very jarring and you're constantly wondering where he's at because he's always in different locations, kind of, at least in the first few cutscenes. The story yeah, moves of. him around a lot, and it's just very jarring. They have an explanation such that every character, no matter where they are physically on the game map, can be in every room. Yeah. So they, they have like a hologram system. Like someone can be on the east coast of the map, and you can be somewhere closer to the center, and that person can just walk into the room and then join, like they can just join the cutscene. There's no clear visual indication as to like who is actually there and who isn't unless there's a moment in the cutscene where Kojima calls it out with one of them. Remember that trailer where Guillermo del Toro like phases through the glass and there's when he's talking to so Bibi? There's still so much we do not know about Bibi. Yeah. I don't think I saw that. Okay. Well, there's like, there is like a visual where it looks like they're glitching out, but like for the most part, characters will just walk into scenes. Oh, and fuck, be prepared to like build your own mental glossary. This game just throws, like, there's so many words in this game. I don't, that is how, how much it, of I that, don't know. How much of that did Kojima make up, do you think? Oh, all of it. It's not, okay. it's, it's not like the real words. Like, the game begins with, like, two characters comparing their dooms levels, and Fragile is like, can you see them? And Armory just goes, not yet. I can sense them. And she goes, ah, so you're a dooms level two. I see. I summon one of phobia. Like, she points out some weird... I don't, what's the word? What's the word for the phobia that he has? Ask Tim Rogers. I don't oh, know. Fuck. He talks just, about that. It's really, there's a lot going on. And the, <laughs> there's like, oh my God. You, I don't know. I have nothing else to say. Let me just okay? say this, Alex. <laughs> like, I know you know how excited he is for this game. Oh yeah. But it's to the point where like two or three nights ago, I had a nightmare that the game didn't get delivered. <laughs> and like, Wait, what you the ha- fuck? You had his nightmare? I had his nightmare. It was so weird. That's what it's been like for the last like two weeks. Meanwhile, I'm having a dream. I'm like on a sandy beach, like cradling BB, like tears streaming <laughs> down my face while whales like splash around me in the water. Uh, 
you're stepping into a dream. I just think there's a lot of a lot of weirdness about this that almost needs to be accepted to properly enjoy it. And if you're going into it expecting it to like deliver itself conventionally and make enough sense for you to consume it like a normal story, it's going to be really frustrating. You kind of have to let it wash over you, if that makes sense. I'm curious to see how much of that is actually as confusing and like outlandish as you mentioned, because I remember another Kojima game. Let me tie this tangentially back to Planet Zoo. Kojima's yeah. Planet Zoo? Oh, yeah, I'm going to talk. Yeah. So in Metal Gear Solid 5, for some reason, you have to rescue animals. Um, and I, it's never really brought up or explained. You just do it. It's never justified. I, I remember going over to Nolan's house and he had rescued an Okapi and he was like, isn't it cool that Kojima just made up an animal for the game? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, no, that's a real animal. Of course there's stuff in Death Stranding that isn't made up, obviously, but I'm saying Kojima has invented so many weird terms to refer to all his world building concepts. Like an Okapi. Like an Okapi. No, no, no. It's it's like, like there's an enemy type called the homo demons. And and it's like, it has nothing to do with the association with the word. It's it's his weird oh, reference. Oh, wait a second. It's his weird reference to like the Latin classification of like literal upright walking beings. Right. But like, there's all these weird fragments of, of evidence that the script was clearly written by a, by a Japanese man who refused to let anyone tell him, uh, Mr. Kojima. Maybe that, you shouldn't that, that use that term. That sounds really bad in English, Mr. Kojima. But you know he's not going to take that shit. And so there's a ton of weird stuff that gets into the game that like sounds hysterical in English. And I don't know how to explain why it works if you let it, but it just kind of does. In the same way that, like MGS4 is like you might play it the first time and think this is a hot mess. It's bad, but then you think about it and you go, but it's kind of good, you know? Okay, so while you're struggling with the <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome, I'm sure we'll talk about this more next week. Listen, I'll have more to say when I'm further into the game, but, yeah, but yeah. My, my opinion is just that I like it, I have mixed feelings about it, but they're not negative. Okay. We got some news today, right? Okay. Yeah. Actually, just recently at BlizzCon, which, which happened, um, we heard a little bit about it, there was actually a, a somewhat positive story. A Chinese Hearthstone player who goes by Leung? L-I-O-O-N. It's like lion, but long. Long. A long I don't know lion. how to pronounce it. It's probably, if I don't know if it is a Chinese word that we shouldn't try to mispronounce because it it's would lion sound like it's fun of it. Yeah, it's written. Oh, it's lion? Is that too? No, not... there's only one I. Yeah, lion. L-I-O-O-O-N. Oh, you're right. You're right. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's lion. Anyway, Lyon, or whatever her name is, her is an important part of that because she is the first woman to win a major Hearthstone tournament, and she did it at this year's BlizzCon, which was riddled with controversy and terrible things, but I think this is actually a pretty cool thing that happened. It is, yeah. I'm going to restrain myself from talking about it because we know what will happen if I start, but it's super cool, and I'm happy for her. Yeah, yeah. She deserves it. Powerful. Yeah, yeah. You don't play Hearthstone these days, do you? Not so much these days. Not lately. Nope, it's not in a few weeks or actually months. That kind of died down a while ago, but I still like it in theory. It's mm. it's really sad how like, you know, for years women have not been in sports and the the idea was like, oh, their bodies are different. They can't play on the same level as us essentially, right? And people have just sort of believed that and and whatever. You can't make that argument with a video game, right? There's not even like a pretense that you can pretend 
to to do that with. And women yeah. are still not as prevalent in esports because of it being such a, a toxic. Well, haven't you heard that video games are too bloody and scary for women, That's and it's true. harder for us to see what's happening because our brains process things slower, mm-hmm. and we don't want to see the blood or the violence. Yeah, you can't play competitions either. No, no, you're bad at competitions. <laughs> yeah, you just want to play your Sims. Yeah, I just want to play the Sims Four, which is kind of true. I mean, I, I don't blame you. Hey, Sims Four is fun. I mean, Alex was talking about like zoo. Zoo, zoo, yeah, yeah. zoo, space, so. space, zoo. Um, but yeah, no, I think this is super cool, and it's it's interesting. It really it really emphasizes. Like when I read that, it was like, oh wow, this is. I'm surprised that she is the first one, just because I thought that that would have been a thing. But yeah, I guess it just you know. it sucks that this is news, but it's cool news. So I mean, it's cool news. It's just yeah. really sad that like it's just a reminder of how deep like misogyny is in in games down to like the competitive level, even. Totally. Yeah. How about Smash Ultimate? Oh, I got some things to say about Smash Ultimate. Oh, do you ever. I do. Hit me up, Alex McKnight. So, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate for the Nintendo Switch is now the single best-selling fighting game of all time. This means it outperformed Street Fighter 3, or Street, sorry, Street Fighter 2, which is a big deal. So it's like, this is this is actually astounding that Smash has become, and really, really quickly, too. Mm-hmm. This game came out... December. Yeah, about a year ago. Yeah. Um, and it's already sold well, yeah you super would know because well. you you were really excited for it right i was really excited for Did, it yeah. was there something like you like took a day off or like what was it um i requested that like a week off of work and that night my friends came over and we played it until five and oh, no. i can't play that game it hurts my like contacts like whenever i play for more than an hour my contacts get really dry so i don't play that game much these days but i was very excited for it but i'm confused because gamers say that this isn't a fighting game but I'm oh, hearing yeah. well, that it's the best-selling fighting game, so roll well, me that. Well, now it now it has like three characters with with inputs. So oh yeah yeah, uh, they just recently brought over Terry Bogard from SNK, Monster Sakurai's adoptive father, which was which is interesting because like SNK doesn't really have a lot of stay. Even in Japan, people have kind of forgotten about SNK. Uh, there was a there was uh, it was trending on Twitter a while ago that they thought that this character uh, Terry Bogard was like a buff Pokemon trainer because he's got like a red <laughs> hat and a jacket, jeans. He fights in jeans. But yeah, it's interesting. You have you have so much fighting game DNA and Sakurai has a lot of respect for fighting games. He actually talked about in an interview years ago that King of Fighters was his reason for making this game because the way that arcade machines work in Japan is they face opposite each other. So he was like playing against somebody, right? He was playing in King of Fighters. I don't remember which one. Um, and, just, and just creamed them. He just wiped the floor with them. And he was like, hell yeah. And he looked over to see who it was. And it was this guy letting his girlfriend play who had no idea what she was doing. And she got really mm. sad because she was like, well, I don't want to play this anymore because I just got, just, I didn't even know what to do. And he was like, that's sad. What if I make a game that is much easier to get into and easier to understand? And that's Smash. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, it, it owes a lot to traditional fighting games. Did you end up actually waking up at five to watch the TV oh, yes. stuff? You oh, did? yes. Yeah. And then afterwards I went and saw a, a not very good incel movie. So it was. Well, yeah, you got to qualify that. No, okay. I went and saw Joker with Nolan. Yeah, but <laughs> it was aggr- it was aggressively mediocre. Yeah, but that's not as important. The important part is I was up. I was willing to be up for like seventeen hours, just just to watch this because Smash is like such a big deal for me, and I enjoy it so much, and I wanted to see this. I, I need to do that. I still haven't watched it. And really? I, I know th- I know yeah. that I could get all the info by playing the game, but like watching I mean, watching still Sakurai some... present is so fun that you I can want, hear I him talk about how. Uh, they didn't add my Shiranui because it's a game for good Smash boys and girls. Good boys and girls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. That would have been really strange to see in Smash, so I'm for it. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I don't think anyone's actually upset about it. At least I, I'm sure there's some like sects of gamers. <laughs> there's got to be someone. 
some, uh, but I haven't somebody seen that came, a lot of Someone that. in that theater that was watching The Joker with us, probably. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen a whole lot of that. It's mostly just when people making jokes. So yeah. that's cool. But yeah, Terry's out. He uses traditional inputs. Um, and he's in the best-selling fighting game of all time, which I hope is, is news for SNK, because they've kind of been trying to make a comeback ever since they pulled the Konami and also decided to go all in on slot machines. Yeah. But they've backpedaled in the last couple of years. Yeah, we just played Samurai Showdown yesterday. Yes, Samurai Showdown's yeah. a good game. There's been stirrings about a Metal Slug on and off for the last several years. Could be interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know if there's any validity to that. It's just been a rumor floating. But okay. I'd like to see this game revive SNK. I think it's really cool that it's sort of like making a lot of Japanese developers and games really prominent like now after bayonetta made it in like platinum became like a, almost a household name right like it was so much bigger and like their most recent game sold super well arguably because of it mm-hmm. so yeah I'm, I'm curious to see who's next in in their fighter pass there's still two more we the don't know joker about. it's the joker the joker, yeah. not oh, joker. They have there joker. will be joker and the joker <laughs> no the joker's gonna be in uh mortal kombat they already took him i hate mortal kombat it's well gross. they don't have this specific Joker. That's true. They have a different Joker. That's true. They don't variants. have a stand-up um, comic Joker who, you know, hangs out with Robert De Niro. Yeah. Robert De Niro for Smash. I would love Robert De Niro oh in Smash. Oh, my God. Well, what, who would he... I think Taxi he'd be, Driver. like, from the end of Taxi Driver when he has the mohawk and the yeah, gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just kind of, like, comes into, like, eight-player match and just massacres everyone. Their bodies <laughs> just slump down. It's like, the, it's like the finale. Kirby's just fucking dead. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Be- no, Kirby would be, like, the stand-in for the girl that he's trying to save. It's like Kirby, like, in some little, like, cartoon-ass cage with, like, King K. Rool holding the key going, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and Robert De Niro walks in and just, like, pops King K. Rool Pulls in the back of his head. Pulls out a real-ass gun, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just crying. Uh, you know what, Sakurai? That one's on me. That's free. Take <laughs> you that. can have that one. You can have that one. No, forget forget uh, Ninja Gaiden. Forget Tekken. You can have that one. Yeah. All right? You can have this very American film. Well, Janelle, we already are going to have to figure out where my loyalties lie when Sonic drops on Valentine's Day. But, oh, my but God. <laughs> don't worry. They're with you. I'm going on February the 15th, not the 14th. I'm You're a Sonic coward. Twice. You're a fake Sonic fan. <laughs> Fuck you. But it's going to get even more heated if my man Kojima follows through on this thing that he said that Kotaku reported. Apparently, he wants to straight up just use Koji Pro to make actual movies in the future. It doesn't surprise me at all. I'm surprised we got an actual, like, outright, like, I, I want to make movies, but it doesn't surprise me. No, not at all. How do you feel about this, Janelle? I mean, like, look, I wasn't joking earlier when I said the beginning of Death Stranding is a movie just because, like, there are 15,000 different times where it's, like, produced by Hideo Kojima. Directed by Hideo Kojima. A Hideo Kojima game, yeah. It just yeah. was a movie opening, so this doesn't surprise me, and he's going to make a movie, and it's going to be really weird, and we're all going to see it, and I'm going to be confused, and it's probably going to be fine. I mean, see? he is such a cinephile. Like, you see this yeah. in his yeah. games, but also in, like, his personal, like, Twitter account, even. He One will of the, just, like, like, first collectibles that I found in Death Stranding was just, like, the original poster for Seven Samurai. Really? It was just, like, in a cave. Huh. Yeah. But mm, I think that, like... What I said earlier about Kojima's games being this linked mass of gameplay and cutscene, I'm going to sound like this is blasphemy for a Kojima fan, but that's the only reason it works. I don't think Kojima without a game, I think he would get laughed out of a theater. Like, I know that that's totally against everything I just said, but this, this man can't write scenes well enough to sustain a thing that is comprised only of scenes. It, it, he needs the game. To keep it afloat otherwise i would have turned it off that's an interesting know? perspective that's yeah. totally fair too yeah i was just thinking about how kojima has a lot of hollywood people that 
are big fans of him and will publicly come out and say this. And like, he showed this game at, I think it was Tribeca Film Festival. And like, people loved it. Like, I think Robert De Niro actually was like, this is interesting. I don't care about video games, but this is an interesting idea. Huh. Um, well, yeah, it's interesting to make your video game a movie. Is it mm-hmm. interesting to make a mediocre movie a movie? Not so much. I, I remember this being a discussion a while ago. Basically, a guy came out and was like, hey, I'm going to direct the Metal Gear movie. We still need funding and a cast, but it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Jordan, Jordan Vote Roberts? Yeah, that? that's right. Yeah, well, he I made Kong Skull Island. Oh my God, he sure did. <laughs> but I remember a bunch of people being like, "This, this will not work." No, as a, yeah, it, it's Metal Gear Solid is is like an incredible feat of storytelling as for, a game, as a game. But yeah. it's not; it's an incredible experience. I'll stand by that. But it's not a particularly good story. Well, also, interactivity is at the core of that story, yeah. right? Yeah, like it, it confronts the player at several points. You can't do that in a movie as easily, right? Or just like try and read if you were to read some kind of like novelization or watch like a cutscene compilation of any mgs game it would it would almost descend to the level of outright bad yeah i mean it's it's an an active experience as opposed to a film being a passive experience right right like you have to treat these two mediums differently maybe if he was the director to someone else's script like he's a pretty dang good director visually I mean, he does really good camera work in his games. Then it wouldn't be a Kojima. Like, that's the thing. Everything that he does is always him top to bottom. Yeah, Yeah, I I, I don't know. Like Janelle said, I think we're all going to see what happens. Oh, I sure will see it. Yeah, but I'm curious to see what it will do and how well it will do. Um, The the gap is getting smaller and smaller between uh, movies and games. Um, But I still think that, and this is my, you know, personal preference, is that I tend to like games that are more active experiences. I like to play the game. Which is why I was like, oh, watching an hour-long cutscene before even getting to move your character sounds absolutely dreadful. But, you know, we'll see if that if that turns out. But I'm just remembering all the times I've said, you're probably not going to like this game, Alex. And now well, you're saying that sounds dreadful. And that's the first two hours of the game. Well, <laughs> guess we'll maybe, see maybe I'll week. like it. Maybe it'll really catch me. I don't know. How about before we close out the show? We actually have a listener question where... We can talk about some some good some good comfort games. Yeah. Oh, you want nice. to read the question, Janelle? Yeah, we have a question from Dylan again. Thank you, Dylan. He says, "What is your go-to? I'm really sad and need a feel better game. Mine is Super Mario Sunshine because Lord knows I'm not going to go outside to get vitamin D. Huh, yeah. You kind of answered that earlier with your Tycoon games. I did. Yeah. I, yeah, I love Zoo Tycoon. That is a game that I will go to. It's not a challenging game. It's just a very relaxing game. It's almost like you make a little garden." It's a little garden of living creatures. It's a zoological garden, right? Like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's nice. I think another one for me is uh, Spyro 1. Oh, man. A game. How many times have you beaten Spyro? A, a lot. It's a game I hold very near and dear to my heart. I played this game so much as a kid, and it's such a, such a solid, like, well-put-together game. Like, the other games are objectively better games, mm-hmm. but I like Spyro. Like, Spyro 2 is a better game than Spyro 1. But I like Spyro One more. It, it has, has such heart. a it has such a unique atmosphere to it. The sound font is really interesting too. I, I just I love Spyro One. I will play Spyro One all the time. What about you, Janelle? I have two. It, for me, it used to be Skyrim actually. Ah, okay. I used to adore that game, and I would play that DLC where you could build a house, and I would like make pies and shit, and it was always really cozy. <laughs> These days, it's Tetris Ninety Nine. It Ooh. makes me feel angry, but I win it enough that like. That satisfaction is, sure. you know, it's pretty cozy. That's interesting. I've never heard of anyone say a competitive game as being their, like, comfort game. It's because I'm the winner. <laughs> it's because I succeed at destroying everyone else at it. And now they're cute little backgrounds, so it's different. But yeah, it definitely used to be Skyrim. I was obsessed with it. I thought it was so comfy. That's a good, like, so com- good. comfy game because yeah. it's, it's also not super taxing or challenging. It's totally. just like, you know. Do you ever 
pull on the nostalgia thread further back than Skyrim. I know you were like a you were a PS one kid. You, did you play Spyro one? Yeah, but it's been so long. Hmm. Like most of those games. I don't know, maybe weird take, but I have a hard time just like enjoying games that I used to be nostal- that I am nostalgic for. Sure. If that makes sense. I sure. don't really want to like mess with those experiences too much. So I generally tend not to go back to them very often. Interesting. I understand that. Yeah. I have this memory of the first Luigi's Mansion being this massive, expansive labyrinthian game. And I learned yesterday that it's like three hours long and oh, it yeah, crushed yeah. me. Oh my god. So so I completely understand where you're coming from. Yeah. What about you, Nolan? What's your choice? I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. I think was it did Dylan say Super Mario Sunshine? Because that's that's a yeah. really good pick. But I think for me, I'm 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 tied to that like beach generation of games also. But I have a preference for Wind Waker. Beyond that, I'm I'm sure I have some. I'm having a hard time thinking of. What them, about though. Animal yeah. Crossing? That's one that I would have thought that you would have said. You know, I like Animal Crossing a lot. I don't. I go in spurts. I'll play Animal Crossing for ten days or something and play it a lot and then i'll kind of forget about it it's not really like a go-to i think i do more like i don't know when i want to just like zone out and and be comfortable to be honest a lot of times it's just watching long video essays about games that i like like if someone's made some big two-hour review of the wind waker or something as opposed to actually playing the game sure interesting sometimes sometimes playing the game can be tedious because i'm doing things that i've already done and and it can feel like i'm getting less out of it whereas like being immersed in the mood of the game while listening to someone else gush about why it's good just puts me in the headspace of the game so you know i don't know i'll go watch like a mario 64 video or something i'm you know interesting yeah Yeah. that makes sense Yeah, yeah yeah red dead has kind of become my new comfort food game because it's the only thing that makes me feel whole anymore but you know do you think you're gonna play red dead one ever you would be taking a step back. That might be tough. The things that I love about Red Dead 2, I hear are not in Red Dead 1 so much. So probably you, not. You and Alex could get in a fist fight about that. Probably. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. If she doesn't like Red Dead 1, she doesn't like Red Dead 1. I just mean your opinions are like the exact opposite, though. Like, oh, yeah. You yeah. love Red Dead 1 and don't like the steps 2 took, and you're the exact opposite. Yeah. yeah. My hot take is that it has surpassed The Last of Us as my favorite game and is the greatest game of all time, and I genuinely don't know if another game can match up to we it. should fight hey yeah. thanks for closing out the show on that comment about hideo kojima's death stranding <laughs> out today pick it up for ps4 coming to pc this this spring i don't know how i feel about it being on pc and that What's... is just that is it's bullshit but it's because i grew up totally like yeah playstation everything should be on playstation so you, you were pro stuff. console wars oh yeah i was <laughs> and like I don't know. It just seems like a weird game for PC, but we'll talk about that more next time, probably. I guess. We may or may not do an episode about Death Stranding later, but for now, I think that's our show. Yeah, if you have questions or you want to have us talk about something, send emails to emeraldgamescast at gmail.com, spelled like it sounds. And I've been Nolan and... Janelle America Strand. Oh my God. Alex, the president of Jack Shit. See you later.